of the sky. Look. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. I am your host, Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime animation fan, and you've tuned into the podcast talking comic book animation. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to episode 61. Before we get into it, I'm going to briefly explain the rules. Rule number one, like I just said, should have been listening. Comic book animation is what we're talking about. Rule number two. Big fan of the old team-up books, Brave of the Bold, Marvel Team-Up, DC Comics Presents, Marvel 2-in-1. So this is a team-up podcast. Every week it's me and a special guest talking comic book animation. And third and most important, we got to have fun. Like I said, thank you for joining us for episode 61. I'm going to bring my guest out and then we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of what we're talking about this week. My guest, it's been quite some time since he's uh, been with us. Last time he was with us, we talked... The Green Arrow. Welcome back to the show, my pal, Ray. Wubba, wubba, wubba. Tarzan, do you know who said that? You know who's you know whose line that is? Uh, is that Rick and Morty? or No, not Rick and Morty. Try again. I have no idea. Who is that? It's downtown Julie Brown's sign-off. <laughs> how foolish of me. <laughs> I don't know how you don't understand that. She said it means party and have a good time. All right. Well, I want to welcome you back to the show. We're going to party and have a good time. Yeah, well, that was one of the rules, wasn't it? I was just trying to party and have a good time, dude. You haven't been around. It's been quite some time. Uh, you did the Green the Green Arrow episode with me. I think it was last summer, to be honest. Hasn't been that long. It, it's been a while. I, I don't know the particulars. Uh, we Really, everyone out there, we have to thank Ray for fitting us into his uh, extremely busy schedule busy busy man i've got uh, a whole uh, basketball squad worth of kids to take care of uh working job i'm doing video games sometimes uh but, but, but a lot rarer these days so this week normally this is really unique uh the show has a batman expert it oh, doesn't happen all the time i hear this is probably the only, what the second time you've had one on a Batman expert or a third because you had one on last summer about this time, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. He did a green arrow episode, uh, which was a little bit out of his ballpark, but I guess <laughs> he's back now into the ballpark wheelhouse. Um, normally, uh, the show's Batman expert, Jamie is here. Whenever we talk Batman, we decided to well, shake things up here in episode. Is, Batman expert? is that self-proclaimed? <laughs> I did once call him the self-professed Batman expert. He, he took it ve- he took it very personally. He can't just say that, you know. He can't just say he's the Batman expert without being challenged on it. So, today, cuz you had mentioned before what a fan you were of this series and uh, how much uh there's some changes. We are talking one of the most talked about, one of the most known, beloved Batman stories of all time, Batman Hush. One of the best uh Easily one of the better comic book arcs in the Batman uh, story world. You know, I I reread it. I, I've read it probably. This is probably the third time I've read it. Rereading it on the third time, I got to be honest. I felt like, you know, 
maybe this wasn't as good as I thought it was. Only because I felt like it's a very hard story to follow. If you've read it before, if you haven't read it before, it is there is twists and turns and is there's a lot of twists in this story. I have full disclosure of actually uh never read Batman Hush. Oh. Oh. Okay. So we have the 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 well, expert and the uh, new set of eyes well, working working on it together. You can you can spare a half hour to read that book and you can just uh brush through it real quick. Well, summertime's my busiest time. Right, of the summertime. Year, so. I get it. You're busy, man, right? But uh Batman Hush uh, when you Google Batman and Batman stories, it, traditionally it's always Dark Knight, that long Halloween, yeah, and Hush tend to be some of the stories that always come up. I think it's because the amount of characters or villains or rogues, whatever, uh, that are in this, that are in the comics. I mean, it's it runs the gamut from Riddler, Joker, um, well, Killer Croc, Huntress. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a lot of people you don't normally see, and there's, and there's a lot of villains. So that's probably why it's so popular. So uh, we're going to go back to uh, the comic book. Okay. First, we're going to start with, before we get into the animation, the comic book uh, was published in the years 2002 and 2003. Batman 608 through 619. So we're talking a good year almost. It was a solid year. I remember reading it. I read it that year. Written by Jeff Loeb, with pencils by Jim Lee, inks by Scott Williams. Yep. This was Jim Lee's return to mainstream comics after the formation of Image, with the exception of the Heroes Reborn that he did in the 90s. But this is when he pretty much, the beginning of Jim Lee coming back to mainstream comics, and which eventually led to him being like the president nowadays. And no denying, you can say what you want about Jim Lee, but what a great artist Jim Lee is. This comic especially, and then I think it was running along the same time as another Superman comic that he was also penciling uh, that was like the same art. And uh, there, one of the covers, I think it was the original cover, it might have been 608, if you had it, you could put it side by side with the Superman, I think it was like 618 maybe, I can't remember. And they were the same, like when Superman was standing on uh, like a gargoyle or something, and so it was Batman. Uh, two different comics, but you could put them together. Uh, so it was around the same time he was doing the same comics. Uh, Jeff Loeb, no stranger to the Dark Knight. He, you should know he wrote The Long Halloween and he wrote Batman Dark Victory. Yeah, another one. The, the Long Halloween is another really good book. Dark Victory, I don't remember too much about it. It's, it's been a while since I've read all those books, but I know Long Halloween was also just as good as Hush, maybe better than Hush. Now, extremely popular. Uh, the first issue was a number one top comic when it came out, sold just over 113,000 copies. Yeah. I searched wide and low for the Batman Hush variants. Uh, the Hush variants for the first one uh, had this, like, uh, Batman swinging uh, through the city. That one was shit. That was trash. Uh, and then they had my favorite one, which was uh, Batman, which was him sitting on the gargoyle, the one I was just talking about with Superman. And then they had uh, another one of him just kind of in a weird position. But the moneymaker one was the one that was half Batman, half Hush. And I think you could only get it at a, a, like a Comic-Con or something. And like that graded was is like uh, at least in the thousands, $10,000 comic minimum that one where it's mixed with batman and hush 
that's uh, pretty crazy. Now you're uh, you've disputed that you're more of a Batman expert than my show's Batman expert. Do you think Hush has held up over time, and is it is it still one of the greatest Batman stories ever? Yeah, I think it. I think it's still one of the better Batman stories ever because of the uh, the the villains, like I said, but also the storyline is uh, you don't see it coming, and it builds and it hits Batman on another level of betrayal that I think is not usually. It's really hard to hit him on that level, and it, it hits him. Now it's kind of weird. Well, I, I wouldn't say weird is the right word. It does fit the trope of a lot of big Batman story arcs where they have to fit like his entire rogues gallery seems to have to take a play into it. And this one is no stranger to that concept. It's not, it's not, but penguin doesn't show up. So there's that Bane isn't there sort of kind of, you know, this is, it's, they're not, but they're, I think instead of just throwing them in there, it's actually pretty well done because when they come in, there's a reason towards the end. There's a reason for each one of them being there, and they're not just there to be there, except Scarecrow. But other than that, everybody else had a reason to be there. All right. So we are going to get into Hush, the animated film. Original release July 19th. 2019 so it's fairly recent this thing was uh released uh, uh as an animated film direct to dvd yeah uh and also i would say i'll say full disclosure before we start watching this i have seen this before all right that's fine <laughs> directed by justin copeland it's adapted by an ernie altbacker it was warner brothers animation and dc entertainment now some of the interesting things this was which is a bizarre choice to me. They This also fits into the shared animated DC Universe continuity. So even though they made a lot of changes from the comic, but some of them are only made for the sole purpose of, for some bizarre reason, they decided to fit this in. They took an existing story from the comic and not only adapted it, but tried to fit it into their current shared universe. Which ends up ruining the entire, the entire movie, honestly, in my opinion. Looking this up, I, I, I see a lot of complaints. And in fact, I, I think someone compiled a list of it was like itemized how many changes they made from the comic to the cartoon, which I don't remember the exact number, but it was pretty high. I don't mind if you're going to make changes, right? But if you completely redevelop the story, there's a problem. And in this particular case, this entire story is redeveloped. We're going to get into some of that, but I want to try and save most of the changes uh, for the spoilers uh, All right, well, when, first, they, well, when they do happen. Don't tell me what to do, first of all. I'll, just, <laughs> I'll run this damn show if I want to, okay? <laughs> I, I know, I'm saying I personally am not going to get into too many of the spoilers. All right, fair enough, in, fair enough, fine. Until they come up. Uh, one problem I've, I've seen with uh, some of these adaptations in the past is Things work a lot better in a monthly issue-to-issue format sometimes. Sometimes when you put them all together, it doesn't mesh as well. It doesn't seem like any time is going by, so everything seems rushed in a lot of these adaptations. There's no room for the story to build. There's no room for you to the suspense to grow. Uh, on a week-to-week basis, some of these stories and uh, some of these, I can remember being just like uh, absolutely edge of my seat with some of these stories. And what's weird is it's not that many issues. I think it's like 12 issues, maybe, maybe less than 12 issues. And this movie is like an hour and a half. And they actually are able to do more in just those 
10 to 12 issues than they could in an hour and a half. Some of the things um, in the comic, like this was kind of the, the first, like when they finally started to evolve and go one step further with Batman and Catwoman's relationships. Uh, comics, my complaint about them is they're always stuck in the status quo. This comic book was one of the first times they've finally someone tried to kind of advance their relationship. So do you, um, do you, am I, am I, am I allowed to talk about that portion of the comic? <laughs> like you said, I don't you, know uh, if this is like a, I don't know if this is like a, a spoiler alert or whatever. All right. Well, anyone listening and if you haven't seen the cartoon, you can, uh, there's some spoilers coming this up. Spoiler. Right now. So, Cause this is a big deal. I mean, in the comic, I mean, Batman and Catwoman much, this is a big deal. This is a huge deal. In the comic world, Batman and, and Catwoman kiss. I mean, that's a that's major. That's a big deal. I remember freaking out when I saw that. Uh, and so, yeah, they in the comic, they kiss, and it's kind of like a, um, uh, it's kind of like what you think it would be between the two of them. Uh, whereas he's kind of still a uh, little keeps to himself, and she's kind of more the one pursuing him uh, versus the 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 cartoon, which is a little bit different. A lot different. And also the comic book, to my knowledge, is when they first teased, which led to the return of Jason Todd back from the dead. Red Red Hood, yeah. Yes. Correct. Uh and so in he does he comes well again, I'm not sure. So in the Red Hood is Jason Todd is in this, sort of. Uh and in this he he betrays Batman again. Uh, or he betrays him, but Batman kind of figures out that he's not betraying him where uh, he realizes that it's not really the real Jason Todd. Now, I know some people are really fanatical about Jason Todd, but I stand by still to this day that it was a mistake ever to bring him back from the dead. And of course, it was a mistake to bring him back from the dead. And you no, know, they, they got rid of him for a reason, first of all. And when they brought him back, it was like it, it was brought him back for just this reason. And this added to the... Uh, what I would say would be the confusion of this book. Uh, this book was very. This book had a, the amount of twist made this book a little confusing as to who was who. Uh, you kind of had to reread a little bit of it as to like who's this person, and then because Clayface shows up in here, and him coming in makes things a little confusing, uh, which eventually does get cleared up at the end. But still, um, well, also just to me contributes to the uh, my persistent problem when there's too many Robins, there's too many Batgirls, there's too many Batman, there's. Too many members of the Batman family. Yeah, they uh, they make short work of that in uh, the cartoon series, though. So um, we're going to get into some of the voice talent and some of the credit where credit is due section of the show. A lot of characters appear, so it would take the whole podcast if I went over everyone. So we're just going to go over some of the major players. Obviously, the Batman Bruce Wayne created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. He's voiced by a Jason Mora, who had uh, pretty much done Batman through all of the shared Batman animated universe from, you know, Justice League War, uh, Batman Superman Public Enemies, Gods and Monsters. So he's pretty much been Batman for a majority of the last 10 years when it came to animation. He's one of my favorite. He's a really good Batman voice. The Joker, I, I don't know who did the Joker in this. I think I looked it up. It was Jason something, but man, I, I did not like the Joker in this at all. His voice was just didn't fit. Uh, also to back up a little bit, even though this came out the comic in 2002, 
this is like the 52 version of the DC universe as well. So like Batman and Superman are wearing like their 52 versions of their costumes at the beginning, uh, not to spoil things. So that you got trying to adapt a comic, trying to fit it in with a 52 version of things, plus fitting it into the DC shared animated universe. So right off the bat, I think, I feel like you got a lot working against you. They do. And, and I think them trying to fit it in also by cutting out, like adding people and removing people to try to make, I guess, the fan base of like maybe a little bit more interesting. Maybe they felt like people like Killer Croc because Killer Croc is like the very first person that you realize gets the axe uh, in the in the cartoon rather than the book. So it's like I, I think they really, I think Killer Croc was actually a better person to be in that position than than the other person. So uh, Catwoman, major player in this. She was also created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Jennifer Morrison does the voice. Uh, most famous for playing Emma Swan on the uh, hit television show Once Upon a Time. Oh, God, I love that show. And I believe she was on a few episodes of How I Met Your Mother, dated Ted Mosley briefly. Oh, yeah, I haven't, that show's terrible, though. <laughs> I agree, but I, <laughs> I, I have seen that episode. And uh, finally, The Riddler, created by Bill Finger and Dick Sprang. Well, trash <laughs> just, just. Do you not like the Riddler, or do you not like him in this? <laughs> I was just, just like, you know what? He's a he's a B character. I mean, honestly, he's a B character. Uh, I don't see him as an A villain. Uh, so no, no, I, I don't really like him as a character. I don't really like him, and I hate him in this cartoon. Holy shit, do I hate him? He's voiced by a Jeffrey Aaron. The most famous thing I know him from was he played one of the two stoners in the uh, opening scene of Super Troopers. Uh, it was the one in the back seat. He was the one who said, uh, he, he's already pulled over. He can't pull over anymore. <laughs> uh, you know what? I was actually just looking at that gift today. I watched that, gift, that exact gift. That... He's the, the non-blonde one, I guess, would be the best way I could describe it. Uh, was he one of the four non-ones? <laughs> no, not exactly. Okay. I, I believe he was in, what was that movie uh, with the, the strangers in the elevator there? Uh, Devil, was that the name of it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Devil. All right. So, like I said, there's a lot of characters that show up in this. We I couldn't get over We would be here all night if I went into the the voice acting and who created them. So we're just going with the major players. And on that note, stay with us. Ray and I are going to watch Hush, the animated movie, and we're going to talk about it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Two and two. We've done this dance for so long. Like the view? It's the only thing you'll catch tonight. Is Batman your new boy toy? I have one too. None of this is my fault. He made me control Superman. What's his name? He calls himself Hush. Events of the past months reach as high as Superman and as low as the Joker. All were set into motion by Hush. <laughs> Is it too much to ask for one quiet weekend? It's like they're all crawling out from under the carpets now. 
Hush knows. He's been one step ahead of me the whole time. Tick-tock, trail's going cold. This just gets better and better. How does a man dressed like a bat get all the attention? With my incredible wall scaler, Joker won't be laughing for long. How special! And don't forget my crime attack battering. Fire! Isn't that swell? Now let's really stop your smile. Iron Witch into action. You're finished, Joker. I just wanted a little attention. The Dark Knight Collection. Noon in Gotham City. A deserted warehouse on the outskirts of town. And a ticking bomb spells trouble for Batman and Robin. Holy breaking and entering, it's Batgirl. Quick, Batgirl, untie us before it's too late. It's already too late. I've worked for you a long time and I'm paid less than Robin. Holy discontent. Same job, same employer means equal pay for men and women. No time for jokes, Batgirl. It's no joke. It's the federal equal pay law. Holy act of Congress. Can we talk about this later? Will Batgirl save the dynamic duo? Will she get equal pay? Tune in tomorrow or contact the Wage and Hour Division listed in your phone book under the U.S. Department of Labor. Hey, this is Jim Lee, and you're about to enter into my world of Batman Hush. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice. And we are back. Yep. And we just watched Batman Hush. I hope you watched as well. I hope uh, you guys did not watch that steaming pile of shit as well. <laughs> we were supposed to save the reviews. <laughs> our, uh, our ranking at the very end of the show. I was just my, uh, that's not really how I feel, guys. I, I feel totally different. I was just kidding. I'm just joshing. That's, uh, I'll let you know how I really feel about the movie at the end. We had a discussion on the break, and I want to make clear, this is a, like I said on social media, this is a semi-deep dive into Hush. We're not, uh, we're not going through it with a fine-tooth comb, but uh, Ray doesn't feel we talked about the comic enough, so we're, we're going to try and make a lot of comparisons to the comic while going through the cartoon. I don't know how you're going to do that. You haven't read the book, but... Well, that's what that's what you're here for. I'll make a lot of comparisons. We open up with Bruce Wayne at a high-class cocktail party. Um, Alfred tells him to mingle. even tells people he should talk about sports. Yeah. He could talk about the, the Gotham Knights. I don't know if you know that, but they do have a, a professional uh, baseball team there in Gotham. Bon Jovi owned them? <laughs> I have no idea. Is that from the comic book, or...? No, no, that, well, that does happen, but right off the bat, you, we run into, uh, you're like, okay, w- what the hell's going on? Cause you're running the Thomas Elliott literally right off the bat. Uh, and he's kind of a goofball. So that kind of really gets my ears up because I, I'm wondering why Thomas Elliott's here. If I'm watching this movie for the first time, knowing what I know about the comic book. 
Well, here's the thing. Out of the blue, this best friend of Bruce Wayne's that you never knew about shows up yep. <laughs> in a story that's going to be a mystery who the main villain is. The entire Hush character was created. Thomas Elliot was created for this character. He just shows up in the beginning and it ruins the entire thing. It ruins the, it, it like, it, it kind of, right off the bat, it shows you this is not going to be anywhere near the comic. Nowhere no. near. Typically with a mystery, you throw in at least two to three red herrings. Yes. They literally have one in this entire thing. Yes. Right. And it gets straight to the point, by the way. And I think they wanted the end to be a lot more suspenseful than, or they thought it was going to be a lot more suspenseful than it was. Selena Kyle is also there. She says how she's been walking the straight and narrow for like almost a year now. Yeah, I, I don't understand why Selena Kyle's there at a Bruce Wayne party. Why would she be there? Now, I haven't seen all of the uh, shared DC animated universe, but I believe they have a previous connection in one of the uh, other animated specials. Okay. Thomas Elliott makes a comment about um, seeing Bruce out at a party in public, and uh, Selena says it's... Uh, Almost as rare as a unicorn in a $5,000 suit. That's rare. I have never seen one of those. But, of course, he has to leave uh, because uh, he found out that uh, there's been a kidnapping. Bane kidnapped a child who I believe uh, it was Bane, not Killer Croc. Right. Again, uh, immediately another complete twist of we're going to add Bane to this. Like this is one of the things I was saying. I think they added Bane because they were trying to get maybe fans. I don't think they felt like fans. Everybody would give a shit about killer Croc. Uh, but I think killer Croc was actually better for this position than, than Bane was because the reason Croc is in the position that he's in is because he was promised he would be able to be turned back into a normal person. Uh, and he's, and that's the reason he's doing what he's doing. Uh, and there's no kid involved also. Oh, there wasn't. Was there a kidnapping? Uh, in the comic, Killer Croc was uh, trying to break in and steal something, if I remember correctly. Uh, there's no kidnapping, though. Now, right uh, after he leaves, Selena Kyle gets a uh, text that says, Here, kitty, kitty, from an unknown number. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be, uh, that might play in later on into the show. Ominous. Now, uh, they send in one of those, uh, I don't know if it's a drone. What do you call those little robots that, you know, they use like to deactivate bombs. They send it in with Bane's ransom money. Roomba? That might be what it's called. I honestly don't know. I think it is. So Batman arrives. He gets to do a big fight with Bane where was it just me or did Bane seem like a complete idiot in this? Bane seemed very dumb. He seemed like he played the role of just like, like, uh, kind of like how he did in the, the movie. Uh, not the the original movie where Poison Ivy uh, controlled him. What was it uh, Batman and Robin? Yeah, Batman and Robin. Yeah, where he controlled him there. That's kind of like the same type of character. Alfred even comments how he doesn't seem like he's as bright as usual. Well, there's a reason for that, Tarzan. <laughs> they have a bad habit with Bane. Either he's the mastermind kick-ass villain behind it all, or he's just a knucklehead that Batman cuts those cables in the back of his mask, and that's the end of it. Right, he's just kind of like uh, one of those stock characters where he could be he's a perfect villain or he's not, and he's just be a guy that everybody knows, and he could be uh, a mastermind, like you said, of a of a book or and leading the way. Uh, and I think he kind of can play that, and I get why they would put him in that role because he's a really badass looking character, and everybody knows him, and everybody wants to see the guy. And after Batman defeats him, the little kid 
Batman Freeze, he uh, kicks Kane and calls him an asshole. Yeah, I, don't, I really don't like how this is one of the other things that that got me uh, riled up about this movie is uh, swearing. Like, this isn't the first time that this happens in the movie. This is like it, several times that they try to like they even tease a few f bombs in the in the comic or the movie rather, uh, like two or three times. Yeah, I don't like how in this and a lot of the DC there there's things like that a lot like throne of atlantis had a couple of dumb swears for no reason like not 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 a not a fan very forced so after it all lady shiva shows up um says there's been turmoil in the league of shadows um someone recently used the lazarus pit so remember that that's going to come up again now if i'm not mistaken in the comic book it was actually talia but because of something that happened to razagul and talia in the in the shared universe they they got rid of him put lady shiva in there it was Talia in the in the book, and then Lady Shiva comes in, says there's some kind of a force to serve, and then they move on to the next scene, and the next scene is actually where parts of the comic finally start to come in. This scene of him running on the rooftop is part in the comic, and actually uh, on the first cover of the the one of the variants, uh, him running on the rooftops. This scene is in the comic, so this is this. This is true to the, the story. So when Cabinet Woman takes the ransom money and Batman calls her and the mysterious figure shoots his line so he falls and has injury, that actually happened. Okay. Yes. And right when he crashes, you hear uh, the mysterious figure say, hush, Batman, hush. Saying his own name, right? Like we're in the concert, we're in a band, there's a shirt to the concert you're going to or the band you're going to, same thing. See, the whole reason for him cutting the line in the comic is like basically the premise of the whole story. This is how Thomas Elliot comes into the story is him getting cut because he cracks his skull. Uh, and he, he lets everybody know that he can't communicate because he's got a skull fracture. So he communicates with his uh, fingers and he thinks of the name Thomas Elliot by going through uh, Morse code with his fingers. So when he's in the comic, he does a little Morse code. And they're like, oh, Thomas Elliot, of course. Well, this is a guy we've never heard of before. Uh, let's bring him in and let's get him. He's a world-renowned brain surgeon. That sounds a little better than the convenient uh, event. party. <laughs> yeah. So then we go to the credits. So, like, this is the opening. I mean, how, how, how far off the comic are we already? And we just started. This is the very first thing. It's just them running over. And there's been – you couldn't be further off the comic uh, in the first 10 minutes of a show if you tried or a movie if you tried. Um, so some thugs are going to, they try and unmask an unconscious Batman Catwoman saves the day. Uh, she whips one in the ass with her bullwhip and says, you know, some guys pay for that. Yeah. This is again, uh, another thing I don't like about this movie and about this whole issue. I don't know if it's the universe here, uh, but it's a little perverse. It's a little perverse. This is not the first time in this movie uh, something a little over the top happens that I wouldn't expect to happen. And yeah, that is unlike her. Very unlike her. So then in the most useless scene ever, Batgirl shows up. They have a little bit of a fight and Catwoman explains it wasn't her and then leaves. And Batgirl calls Alfred to get Bruce Wayne's out. Why is Batgirl even in this for like two because minutes? Because Batman, uh, Batgirl's in this for two minutes because this is Huntress's scene. Huntress is supposed to be the one that comes over. She's in the area when Batman breaks his skull. Catwoman is not. Catwoman is running and she has money to give to uh, uh, Ivy. 
So she takes off. Batman's uh, laying on the street. People are starting to gather around. Oracle is the one who puts out the call because she knows Batman. So Oracle, who's apparently here in this scene, uh, makes the call. Huntress arrives because she's around, and Huntress saves Batman. Good gravy. We're gonna, we should have started making a checklist of the amount of differences that uh, we come up with when we talk about this. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. I don't know what they were doing. Catwoman delivers the money to uh, Ivy. Uh, she's obviously being controlled because she says, uh, say uh, perfect, which she does. And then they smack a kiss on each other. They do kiss. Again, perverse. After she leaves, Hush shows up and says how uh, you know it's a 50-50 split. She can't control him, she says. We never get to find out why. She just can't. Probably and, some uh, medical reason. <laughs> he has another job for her, and he gives her a box. Says your favorite color, and there's obviously something shiny and green. Where it's obviously kryptonite, so you know Superman is going to come into play at some point. Yeah, at some point Superman is going to be in play. But right after this, we're kind of uh, brought into the uh, the hospital room, right? Of uh, Thomas Elliot, just of uh, looking over Batman or Bruce Wayne. Now, how he got there was also very creative because you can't just drop Batman off at the hospital because then everybody's going to know it's Bruce Wayne and they create a car crash. Uh, and Batman is in a car crash and that's how he gets there is Bruce Wayne. And that's how they can get to a hospital to fix him. But in the comic, he, like I said, he does Morse code and they get him to the, the hospital. But there's a, that Morse code, there's a tie-in later on in the comic. That's why that part is important rather than just say Thomas Elliott's here. So that why Bruce Wayne thinks of Thomas Elliot is important. Okay, so Alfred Nightwing, uh, they fake an accident, so they have an explanation for why Bruce Wayne's injured. So even though it's different, you feel it's a it's a creative change they made. Yeah, yeah. So Elliot, he performed the surgery, went well. He says Bruce needs rest. Bruce says, and I, I think he means it, that he's going to try and be a better friend to this guy who we've never heard of before five minutes ago. He's really bummed out that this guy hasn't been around in his life more often. Uh, even though I gotta say they, they seem pretty chummy. They don't seem like guys who haven't met in the 20 years or so. So he goes to Blackgate prison and, and, and then Amanda Waller shows up, but never again in the rest of the thing. So again, I don't know why we're bothering I assume it must connect to previous DVDs, but again, it just seems like a waste of time to even have her there. I agree. She was in there. I didn't understand. I, it, he goes here. I believe he goes to speak to, I think in the movie, in the, in the comic, he comes here to ask Croc a question, basically, you know, who put you up to it, that kind of thing. Uh, in the comic, I think it's the FBI that is like kind of onto this and, and also involved in this whole situation with killer Croc. Uh, so Bane escapes. He goes back to uh, Ivy's now abandoned greenhouse where Catwoman is there. He wants his money. They have a fight. They capture him. Amanda Waller helps Batman capture, and they take Bane away. That's the end of Amanda Waller and Bane. Uh, almost as insignificant as a... Uh, other than Bane kicking off the whole event, those two characters and Batgirl, you could have just written them out, and it wouldn't have made a difference. True. Uh, it wouldn't have made any difference, and uh, I don't think she needed to be there in the first place. However, this is where the big scene between Catwoman and Batman happened. Yep, they finally agree. She convinces them to work together, and they have a long embrace. 
to commemorate the moment. Yeah. Uh, again, the way it's done in this in the movie is done very like Batman is like this is something Batman really has been wanting. Uh, and then in the comic is totally wants nothing to do with her. She's like kind of pushing himself on him and she's a little bit of a hussy. to be honest. And not for nothing. Why the hell would you not want something to do with Catwoman? Well, it depends which Catwoman. But I, you know what? Again, the guy's got a lot of other things going on uh, in his life. But he also knows that she he can't trust anybody and especially can't trust her. And we find out why he can't trust her later on at the end. That does play into a lot of it is uh, the whole idea of Bruce finally letting his guard down. You find out they have to go to Metropolis because that's where uh, some of Ivy's henchmen are there. Batman agrees, well, I should say, Bruce Wayne is going to get interviewed by Lois Lane. And uh, there's a bit of a tension between Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent, which I'm not sure if, because I haven't seen the pre- all of the previous ones, I'm not sh- I assume Batman and Superman know each other's secret identities at this point. Uh, I know they do in the comic at this yeah. point for sure, because, <laughs> yeah. but not in, uh, not in this. I don't, I don't think they do. No, I think they do. I think they do. Batman confronts Luthor at three in the morning at his place. Luthor is voiced by, uh, Dwight Schrute from the office. I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't notice. Uh, I didn't know that. And you find out that Luthor apparently is a probationary justice league member. So, which has I don't know some, where that came from. <laughs> so, he does remind him though that he's a he's probationary. Remember, he's what did he say? He's no, he Batman reminds him he's a probationary. Member. Yes, uh, he gives him the information on Ivy. Catwoman gets there first, which they have a fight. Which at one point, Catwoman refers to Poison Ivy as a crazy plant bitch. Again, more gratuitous swearing and cursing. Um, you find out that uh. Ivy's controlling Superman. Yep. Um, they trying to escape through the, which I thought was kind of clever. Metropolis sewer has lead line tunnels, which apparently Luthor had built like kind of an escape route. If you ever had to get away from Superman quick. Yeah. It's, um, this part in the comic where, um, Ivy is taking control of Superman is one of the best covers ever as well. Uh, he's got like, uh, his eyes are green and he's got the green running through his veins and she's like controlling him. But I think it's, uh, I think it's cover six twelve. but man, that is, that is one great cover. Now I have to question. She has to make out with him to control him. So how did she initially get control of Superman? Is he cheating on Lois Lane? Did some he had no idea who Poison Ivy was, and she was just so aggressive he couldn't fight her off her first kiss? How did the situation arise where Poison Ivy smacked a kiss on Clark Kent and took him over? Well, she's pretty hot. He's a guy. I don't know how much static he's going to put up when she's coming in to plop one right on his lips. Just because he's a Boy Scout doesn't mean. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, it's just ludicrous how that could ever happen. True. You know what's not ludicrous, though? What happens next? What happens next? Well, uh, Batman says how they have one thing working for them. Deep down, Superman's a good person. Deep down, I'm not. And he breaks out the Kryptonian brass knuckles, which I got to admit, even though I, I find the Superman Batman fighting a little tiresome at this point, it was a pretty goddamn cool scene. It is a very cool scene. And it's very well done with uh, the reason for him being able to beat the shit out of Superman. 
right when he's pretty much got Batman's number, he's going to kill him. You see that Lois Lane is captured by Catwoman on top of the Daily Planet. Uh-huh. And you think that's going to snap Superman out, but oh no, you'd be wrong. Now, you know who owns the Daily Planet, right? Uh, at this point, I have no idea. Bruce Wayne. Does it, I, he made a comment about maybe buying the newspaper. Did he actually go through with it? He owns the comic. He owns the Daily Planet in this one. Uh, okay. In the comic, he does. In the comic, he owns it. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. And then, so he's holding, he, he's holding uh, Lois Lane, or Catwoman, rather, is holding Lois Lane at the top of the Daily Planet, getting ready to toss her off in, in hopes that it'll snap Batman out of his um, ivy slumber or ivy whatever. So when it doesn't, Catwoman's just like the hell then. She dumps Lois off the roof. That's right. F- her. I mean, well, F her. Uh, just tosses her like if it works, it works. Who cares? This is no no plans on saving her, by the way. Which uh, Superman, that snaps him out of it. He saves Lois. Batman plays it off like that was the plan all along. But when Superman's not there, uh, they reveal Catwoman just improvised by uh, dumping her off the planet. No problems with her dying, by the way. No problems at all. And uh, he even says that uh, he blacked out. He told Lois he blacked out when Ivy kissed him. Ah, there you go. He's probably drinking. I'm going to use that the next time I cheat on my wife. No, I, I blacked out, honey. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, honey. I blacked out. When this ultra hot babe kissed me. It was Kryptonian lipstick, and I blacked out. Um. Which- it- Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was just remembering they cut out crypto. The dog was in this. Was he he played uh he was in this um this whole fight in the comic. Was he working with Superman? He, no, he helped well he was working with him, but he helped to uh, oh what did he, I can't remember what he did, but you know what I did? I rewatched this one rewatching the movie pushed like it melted like everything <laughs> into like one and I'm like trying to like pull it out. Uh but crypto was in this uh scene. Uh, just for a short time. So when they capture Ivy, they say how Hush knew everything about her, and she f- he somehow forced her to work for him. How? Why? Don't know. We never get told. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe he promised her uh, some some cheap work to get done. Offer some of that stuff that you aren't happy that they include in these DVDs. <laughs> correct correct and you know what she's catwoman's very violent with uh ivy and also everybody in this uh i don't know if you've noticed but every villain so far uh has said the word hush yes they have except one so up next we get our next useless cameo that adds to nothing where damian wayne shows up so it does add nothing but it also confuses a lot of things here because now that takes out another tim, robin tim drake was supposed right. to be and he's not in this at all right timmy drake is not in this at all just because i guess because it's like again uh they're trying to stay in the universe uh with damien but i don't i don't i don't like it he's upset that she has a relationship with catwoman it calls her a trollop at one point he's not even he doesn't and it, like you know what he doesn't even need to be in this at all like he doesn't need to be in this whatsoever added nothing nothing and, and then in the stupidest of long list of didn't need to be there. He insists that Bruce Wayne uses protection. Again, they go into this perverse shit in this comma and this movie because it gets worse. This is not the worst thing that happens in this movie. And I'm just like, it doesn't need why? to be there. Right. Why? <laughs> it's disgusting. Was it a late night in the writer's room? And one of them was like, Hey, 
I've got this great gag. What if Damien told Bruce Wayne to use the bat condom? Wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> Again, it gets worse later on with Catwoman and him. Uh, and I feel like just a couple of, the same thing with the swearing in this. The, again, no need forced all of it forced to like bring edge. Maybe it's 2019. Maybe we get a scene of hush confronting Harley Quinn, uh, showing him that she, he's kidnapped the Joker. All she has to do is, uh, he's got something he has to do for him. In fact, I think she makes some line about only she gets to tie up Mr. J. Uh-huh. So Harley interrupts the opera that they're all at and says that one thing she has to do is kill Bruce Wayne. It's a very cool scene in the comic when, uh, she does that. And again, it brings into another person. I think everybody really likes is Harley Quinn. I think, uh, she's a big character, big fan favorite. And, uh, it brings her in there. And, and in the comics, she wasn't really that at this time, she wasn't in a lot of comics, the Harley Quinn. No, she was fairly new to continuity when this happened. She hadn't been around only a couple of years in continuity. I think only like two or three. Correct. A lot of times people like people now think Harley Quinn all the time, like Harley Quinn, Harley Quinn, I think because of the video games and stuff like that. But back then, no, she was not, she was not a big deal at all. She was very rarely seen. And um, they're watching uh, Pagliacci. I think I said that right. Which, yes. if based on entertainment, you would think that's the only opera ever written. <laughs> it's a very famous opera. It's like Lord of the Dance. So um, they have a fight. They chase her uh, out of the building. And when it comes out, there's Joker standing over the bloody corpse of Thomas Elliot. Yes. And this is where things are confusing <laughs> because uh, Thomas Elliot, and even in the so in the comic, this does happen. In the comic, he does um, he does shoot Thomas Elliot, and which leads to Batman nearly beating uh, Joker to death. Uh, because in this particular moment, in Bruce's world, Thomas Elliot was uh, all he had left was one of his close friends. It was a connection he had to him as a kid. They were best friends as a little kid. And uh, and in the comic, Thomas Elliott's father got into a car accident, and Bruce's father was supposed to perform surgery on Thomas's dad. Uh, And Bruce promised Thomas that his dad would take care of Thomas's dad, and he didn't. His dad died. Uh, through the surgery obviously not bruce's father's fault but that's kind of thomas's hang-up so batman beats the shit out of uh joker in the at this point teeth everywhere um he doesn't get as bad of a beating in this but again the beating is almost to death one of the closest times i remember him beating joker that close to death or even coming close to killing someone would have been right there yeah, he like really. Find, Gordon has to actually pull a gun on Batman to get him to stop beating the the crap out of Joker. Uh, but he finally does. And then the next scene we switch to is the funeral of Thomas Elliot, right? Where um, Selena is there for him, which is kind of like building up his trust that Selena is actually there, even though she does not know that Batman and Bruce Wayne are yet are one and the same. Yeah, and none of this is in the comic. None of this, none of this bullshit happens. <laughs> this is all filler bullshit. This is this is so confusing if you've read the comic and then you have to watch this because this is it for Mister Elliot. Is that's it? He's done. Gonzo. Later on, in the Batcave, uh, they find out the only reason Hush would have killed Thomas Elliot was not to get at Batman, but to get to Bruce Wayne, which. 
the only explanation can be Hush knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And he also calls uh, uh, Selena, I believe, and has like a little uh, little conversation with her, like boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, daily, and a little daily with her. Yep, explains that um, he might have competition in Batman. <laughs> uh, and also she's wearing a very skimpy outfit in this scene. <laughs> she certainly is. Um, it gets interrupted, though, because there's a news report that the Riddler is stealing an armored car. And uh, Nightwing even calls him a C-lister. Uh, you know what? I agree with with Nightwing on this one. I agree with Dick. I, and you know what? I'd have to say, like, this... I'm, some of these scenes and some of the way these guys are animated, just drawn, is terrible. It doesn't look anything like Bruce Wayne. Quite easily, they capture Riddler. Riddler gets freaked out because he sees Hush in a building across the street, which Batman goes to try and confront him, but he can't find him. He's punching all these mirrors that Hush is in. He like says, oh, dragon. yes, exactly. And how uh, Batman is, everybody he loved is going to pay for, for Batman. Yeah. Again, the scene, not in this, in the comic, uh, just some weird shit added to this movie. Uh, maybe they felt like they needed to add, make time longer in this or add stuff where they could have just done better writing uh, and drawn out maybe, maybe made the relationship with Catwoman and Batman not exactly as long as it was. I don't know. They could have done a lot. Because right after this, him and her are hooking up. Yeah, he reveals Batman is Bruce Wayne. They uh, they bang. Yep. It's clearly, it's not even like, you know, implied. I mean, they're in bed together naked in the very next scene. Doesn't happen in the comic again. Uh, <laughs> it, it just she, That was one of the things watching this that I was shocked about, that he just bangs her out. Like, okay. I don't, like, they've been doing this for, what, two days? She, she does comment something about it being worth the wait, if I remember correctly. It's, it's, so, it's so forced. It's so forced, and, and I think it ruins this whole... It, it, if you don't know anything about Batman, great. If you're just like, oh, this is just some weird movie with some guy dressed like a bat. But. Um, so apparently being the best at everything includes nocturnal activity in the bedroom. Yeah, of course it is. He's probably, he's probably got a hammer on him. I would think as, uh, <laughs> as, as Bruce Wayne, as billionaire Bruce Wayne is. Yeah. They, this is also not the first time in the comic that they do this. I'm pretty sure they hook up one other time. I mean, the movie. So she gets brought to the Batcave. Alfred and Nightwing welcome her in. There's a huge montage of them working as a team. So apparently some time flies where they fight Penguin and Two-Face and they bang in the Bat Shower at one, and again, uh, where Alfred almost interrupts them. But, uh, and she even know. says we're like a team. And like that's not, I don't know, that's not in the comic. I don't know why it's there. That would never happen. He would never in a million years team up. I mean, I like the idea of him starting to let his guard down but it seems really rushed of him doing that mm -hmm. she even says something to the effect of uh him letting his he won't stop talking about his feelings to her yeah she makes that joke to, to nightwing right but i don't think it's a joke <laughs> no seriously i think in the com in this movie rather they that she's being legit when she says that uh selena wants to, she's she even has a pamphlet she wants to go on vacation uh, who the hell has a pamphlet in 2019 is, I don't know, but, uh, they're sitting at his uh, dining room table after a morning, after a night of banging in the morning, he's reading the paper. She's got a pamphlet on hiking 
the frig is going on? Extreme, <laughs> extreme hiking. So, so stupid. But uh, he can't go on vacation until uh, Hush is caught. Of course. He's got business to do, and she don't give a shit. <laughs> uh, so you find out someone broke into Thomas Elliott's office, and uh, they look at some files where a, um, Arthur Wind had suffered a massive brain tumor. Right. And that is like, boom, that's the light bulb that goes off in Bruce Wayne's head. He knows what's going on at this point. Because he knows who Arthur Wynn was. Yes. Who Arthur Wynn was the inventor of the crossword puzzle, for all those of you who don't know. So that should tip you off if you didn't already know who's behind this, because who else would use the alias Arthur Wynn? And out of nowhere, his henchmen would have just stolen a truck. Nightwing and Selina are on patrol together. They go to a cemetery because there was a break-in. And uh, you find that Elliot's grave was empty. Now, in the comic, wasn't this when Jason Todd showed up? Yes. This is where Jason Todd and Clayface showed up. Instead, we get the Scarecrow. Yes. Uh, and Scarecrow, um, as you know, has a scare gas or his toxin, whatever you'd like to say. And uh, unaffected Catwoman is by it. Because of nose guards. Nose guards. Yeah, nose plugs. So, no problem. Like, that, if that, if that's all, why couldn't anybody ever just think of that? Just don't breathe. I mean, she's still talking. Like, I don't understand why the she doesn't inhale any of the fear toxin because her nose is plugged. Nose plugs. Yeah, she's fine. And Batman, never the world's greatest detective. Never thought of that. Never thought of that. Slipped his mind. So, they, she defeats Scarecrow. Yep. Saves Nightwing. But Hush uh, captures her after he does that. This is a very, see, um, in the comic, there's a lot of different females that come into the play in here. Because uh, Oracle is in the comic, and she has nothing to do with this whole movie. Uh, but Oracle plays a big role in this entire thing. Uh, that's how Batman finds out about most of the stuff is with Oracle. Uh, this seems to just be the Catwoman story. So there's a confrontation with uh, Riddler and Batman in Arkham Asylum. Um, they've always been confusing on Riddler. Is he crazy or just a criminal? Sometimes he's in Blackgate prison. Other times he's in Arkham. I never saw the Riddler as crazy, but depending on the story, he goes to Arkham Asylum. Uh, I don't think he is crazy. I think he is, a uh, just an obsessive man. And he also looks like a weird young Wolverine. <laughs> um, so you find out he had a tumor that was going to kill him and Thomas Elliott, could not fix the tumor. No. So eventually, somehow, and maybe this happened in the comic, he paid, bribed his way into using the Lazarus pit to cure his tumor, which that's when he he just knew everything, and he then that, that's when it dawned on him that Batman was Bruce Wayne. This is also how Jason Todd came back through, too. The Lazarus pit. Lazarus pit, right. Uh, right, and he goes in there, and he gets healed up, and he's like, hey, Doc, Take this and uh, sew up a huge question mark right <laughs> on the middle of my forehead. So everybody knows who I am, what's going on. I just need this huge question mark sewed up. This is huge. It's so stupid. So stupid. And it also gives Lazarus Pit also gives him like these superpowers too. Like he's like super strong, like super smart now. Yeah. Which is odd because if he's crazy. The Lazarus Pit is supposed to actually make you sane if you're already crazy. They did a story with the Joker 
got brought back to life and he w- he went sane for a while because of the Lazarus pit. So I don't know why Fridler is insane. He didn't become sane. He actually seems to become more crazy. I don't think they really give a shit about what they're doing when they're writing this. <laughs> I think they're just kind of writing shit and seeing what sticks and seeing how many times they can get Batman and Catwoman to bang. So he becomes Hush so he can not only get revenge on Batman before he dies, so he could stick it to the rest of the rogues gallery because apparently... Unbeknownst to me, the the all the rogues thought he was a loser and a joke, and and he was just uh he's the he's the redheaded stepchild of the Batman rogues gallery. She kind of is if you think about it, because he's not really a criminal. Like, he's just like he's not like any of the other criminals. Uh, but it turns out, guess what? Wasn't really the Riddler. And if I'm not mistaken in the comic, Hush and the Riddler are two separate people. Yes, Riddler is kind of the main bad guy, but he recruits Hush to help him, right? Hush, if you haven't figured it out yet, it's Thomas Elliot. <laughs> oh, you mean the only other character that's appeared in the comic? Correct. He is, uh, yeah, the same guy that was just killed uh, not too long ago uh, in the movie. Yeah, he he's Hush. But you're made to think in the comic that Jason Todd is Hush. You're made to think in the comic that Riddler is Hush. Uh, and it really goes through all of them. You really don't know who Hush is until you know who Hush is. Uh, and it really there's zero suspense in this in this cartoon or movie when you find out that Riddler is hush. Zero suspense. So Batman slices Riddler's throat, but you find out that's not really Riddler at all. It's Clayface who was masquerading as the Riddler, being controlled by the Riddler. Though. Yep. And Clayface uh, goes in the attack. He gets to a fight with Batman, where all the Arkham Asylum inmates are cheering on. Joker as a. Very upset because Clayface calls him a freak at one point. Point. He also gets mad because uh, Batman he didn't. Batman did something. I forgot what it was. You remember him being mad at Batman for uh, not trying to kill him or, or something along those lines. He wants Gordon to help Batman because Joker doesn't want Batman to kill him unless he's doing it. And he says to Gordon that, and I quote, "As usual, Gordon lying there with his thumb up his ass." Right. Something Batman would totally say. No, Joker said that. Joker said that. Yes. Which, uh, to, I, I, I hate when they have Joker swear and say stupid shit like that. Uh, I hated it in the, the Snyder Cut. I hate it in the cartoon. I don't like it when they have anybody in those comics swear. <laughs> and and I, don't, I don't. I think it's all forced, and I don't think they just stay true to themselves. But again, we switch over there next to Hush again in, in Catwoman. But this time, Hush reveals who he really is in the movie. So uh, you find out that he's got Catwoman captured in like some factory where he's going to grind her up. Explains his whole plan to Catwoman for whatever, where he basically becomes a James Bond villain and explains his whole plan to Catwoman. With this huge, stupid question mark. Yes, with a question mark scarred on his head. Batman shows up. They have a big fight. At one point, he calls the Riddler a one-gimmick hack. And uh, his riddles a five-year-old could solve. Then also, Tom, uh, at one point in the fight, doesn't he find the dead body? Yes. Uh, Thomas Elliot's dead body is hanging in the thing. I guess that's just another way to twist the knife, I guess. Yep. Right. The point of the whole story was for Thomas Elliot to be hushed would be uh, Batman being betrayed on another level that none of these villains can betray him on other than maybe say Alfred or someone else that he's really closely connected with, even though we've never seen this guy before, but in the real, you know, in, in Batman world, he, he knows this guy and he's betrayed. 
doesn't really make a difference that Riddler has betrayed him or Riddler is hush at this point. Yeah, so I mean, with Riddler's big, huge plan, really all he's accomplished is killed some guy that supposedly is Bruce Wayne's best friend that we got introduced to at the beginning of the movie. That's it. That's it. He got all these people involved. He got, he needed to convince Ivy to convince Bane to convince uh, Harley to convince Joker, all these people just so he can kill Thomas Elliot. Yeah. Riddler is actually getting the better of Batman at one point. Catwoman saves him. And then she says, now let's beat the crap out of this asshole. <laughs> and then, and after they beat the crap out of that asshole, they leave as the place is being destroyed and blown up and the Riddler is uh, dying, dropped to his death. Uh, Catwoman forces Batman to leave. Yeah, he's trying to save Riddler at one point. But, yeah. Uh, She's mad because uh, he's going to get killed trying to save Riddler. And he says that uh, if they can be saved, he's going to do everything he can to save them. Right. And then they get outside after they escape. And Riddler, I guess, apparently dies in the movie. Uh, And she comes out there and she reads him the riot act. And she's like, oh, God, uh, I can't believe that you're the guy that I exactly knew who you were. And, like, you did the things that I exactly knew you were going to do. I cannot believe this. You're the guy that said everything he does, he says he's going to do. Oh, my God. You piece of shit. I can't believe that. (laughs) In his slight defense... She says how much she's changed for him, how much she's changed to try and make things work. And he just can't change or he's not willing to change. And he says, without his code, I'm no better than they are. Right. And and then she can't, and she realizes uh, all of a sudden, like she even says, oh, you're right. You're never going to change. Uh, again, she realizes he's the guy who says he, he said he was from the very beginning, and then they can't be together. Now, in the in the comic, this is kind of where they say their goodbyes, but they say their goodbyes because he can't trust her. She doesn't in this in the movie. She breaks it off with him. Uh, essentially, uh, in the comic, he is like uh, breaks it off with her because he says he can't trust her. Because remember, if I'm not mistaken, she tells him when they leave, she's like, hush, as in like, you know, really saying hush. But all the bad guys said hush. He can't trust her because she said hush. He's like, we got to be on our own way. Does this end? Was there a huge fight scene with Riddler or hush at the end in the comic book? Uh, No, there's a hush scene. There's a hush scene at the end. Yeah, there's a fight with hush. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. There's a lot of fight scenes, especially with Jason Todd and Hush as Hush and, and, and things towards the end. But this whole thing with her and him at the end is so – it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. It, it's just like their argument makes no sense. Her being upset with him is is pointless. Well, there is I, – I liked the the very end, the way they ended it where she says, how oh, you're never going to change. And she says goodbye. And he's, as she walks away, he says, someday, you know, implying that – he does want a different life and someday he will be, he, he's convinced he'll change. She's a pain in the ass, honestly. Uh, she's a pain in the ass. There you have it. (laughs) Go ahead. ahead. This whole steaming pile of dog shit movie that I had to watch twice. I didn't even want to watch it the second time, but I watched it just to get caught up on you. This is a terrible movie, man. There you have it. Bad hand hush. The animated film. So you don't hold back. Tell us how you really feel. They they just 
they took a movie, they called it uh, Hush, and then they made their own thing. Because really, Riddler could have been this whole person. Like, they didn't need the character Hush to be in this at all. Uh, it could have just been Riddler from the beginning. Well, okay, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> before we get to the official ranking, I think it's a big mistake to try and f- shoehorn this into their shared universe. Um, that leads to how many changes they have to do. Uh, without reading the comic book, the only thing I liked about this is them attempting to evolve the relationship of Batman and Catwoman, but uh, it's clunky in parts. And let's face it, like Riddler doesn't really accomplish. He has this huge master plan where he's going to show everybody and get his revenge. All he does is kill Thomas Elliot. A guy no one gives a shit about. And Bruce just started (laughs) caring about because he showed up at a party like at the beginning of the movie. I guess he, you can argue he puts Batman in a position where he has to think about breaking his code, but he only does it because Commissioner Gordon puts a gun to his head. He doesn't really cause that much problems in Batman's life. I mean, he knows who he is. Why doesn't he kill Alfred or Commissioner Gordon or Dick Grayson or Damian Wayne? No, he kills Thomas Elliot. And the the story in the book went, uh, the there was another guy that like worked in the Batcave uh, that ended up, what happened was he was hired by Thomas Elliot to add like little like flash pictures of Elliot like in Bruce's like Batcave. He like wired like little like shots of Elliot. So like while Bruce was like watching a news report or watching something, there'd be like a little quick flash of like, you know, in Fight Club, how they do a little porn thing, how we would like splice it yeah. in. The guy would splice Thomas Elliot in. And Bruce's brain was thinking Thomas Elliot, which is why he did Morse code and why Thomas Elliot was ever here to begin with. He was brought into the story because he was upset that Bruce's dad let his dad die. And he never forgot about that since he was eight and had to come back and kill Bruce. Amanda Waller, Damian Wayne, Batgirl are all in it for absolutely no reason. You could even argue Nightwing's practically in it for no reason. It's true. Huntress had a part. Oracle had a part. They all had parts in the comic. Uh, and actually, maybe because of the amount of people, but this was also a very popular uh, action figure line. They had a Hush action figure line, which is very popular. I owned every figure except one. Uh, and then one day I took them all out of the box and they all fell apart. I mean, I like the idea of Riddler is going to die, so he's trying to do this on his way out. But he, why he, like, Scarecrow and Poison Ivy are, like, apparently forced to be a part of this. Why you never find out what he's got on them or what he could do that could possibly. It just, that, that part was bad. The Superman scene's kind of neat, but it's over quick. It just seems like a hodgepodge of scenes thrown together. That Maybe that comes from the fact that it's, a, it's an ongoing comic book and not just a single story. The scenes in the movie, I think the people are there and it seems like it's a hodgepodge because in the book they were brought together and it made sense. And in the movie, they were like, it's the movie Hush. We have to have certain things that were big part, big in the comic. The fight between him and Batman were huge in the comic, so he had to be there. He really had no point in this movie other than that one little scene. Uh, but in the, mo- in the comic, it was a bigger deal. Um, a lot of these villains had a lot of point in, in the comic. Whereas I think they just used them here to use them so there you have it batman hush we're going to go to our official ranking we're going to the spectrometer anyone new to the show spectrometer is where we rank what we saw 
Zero Spectros being absolute garbage. Four being absolute perfection. Ray, what are you going to give Batman Hush? The movie or the comic? We're talking the movie. Zero. Zero. <laughs> yeah. Can I go below zero? <laughs> it's never happened in the history of the multiverse, but I suppose it's the first time for everything. This is this was absolute trash, this movie. And I, especially after just rereading the comic, because I reread the comic before I came on the show, and then I re- and then we watched this movie together, and rereading the comic and then watching this, it's like, it, it makes it look even worse. I'm going to go two. No, nah, I'm going to go one and a half. It's one and a half too many, in my opinion. <sighs> I like the idea of the Batman-Catwoman relationship evolving, and I think they had some good ideas. They just... They needed to either do the Hush storyline or do more in their relationship, but trying to give them both equal screen time really doesn't make things work. A lot of things just don't make any sense with no explanation. And uh, it, it didn't seem that big of a deal that he knew Batman's secret identity. Like, it seems like that should have been a bigger deal. Uh, they think they're just getting a uh, money grab. Uh, they put the name Hush on it. They knew, I mean, it's, it's a 20 year old comic. They just figured no one really is going to, how many Batman fans, and really only the true Batman fans are going to give a shit that this movie wasn't true to true to form. Oh, and looking up, I found out during Infinite Crisis, uh, Riddler went into a coma. And when he woke up, he conveniently had no memory of Batman being Bruce Wayne. Okay, that makes sense then. I get that. Perfect. What did you think out there? Did you like Batman Hush? Uh, you couldn't have liked it any less than Ray and I, but maybe you liked it better. I want to hear your opinion. If you liked it more, that's great. Uh, go to my social media and let me know what you thought of it and why you liked it better than we did. While you're there, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Spectro. Follow me while you're there. I appreciate it. Facebook, Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Give me a follow and like, and uh, let me know what's going on there as well. Ray, what do you think? In uh, 2022, a kid's coming across Batman Hush. Are they going to like it? I think uh, I think absolutely uh, because uh, the kids need uh, that constant re-stimulation and man, this book just keeps just keeps hammering you with new character after new character after new character, and people love that. People hate seeing the uh, just these characters and then their henchmen and other stuff. This is nonstop characters. Everybody's favorites in there. And uh, I don't think the kids gonna like the cartoon very much because there's uh, way too much unnecessary inappropriate material jam I, I wouldn't let my kids watch this cartoon why can't batman stop piping down catwoman it's like non-stop in this cartoon like why do they have to do it so much well there you have it batman hush let us know what you think about it i always want to hear from you ray uh what's going on usually free plug time i know you were recently on a podcast but uh no that podcast any? is over yeah no i don't have much to plug right now i got a new book coming out um how to be a dad it should be hitting stores uh august 11th uh, i worked with a ghostwriter on that uh but i put about a year and a half into that and i'm really proud of it so i hope everybody go pick it up it's going to be how to be a dad um hitting stores august 11th this is legit yeah how come this is the first i've heard of it well you don't talk to me enough i guess you ever see the seinfeld book it's kind of like me writing about my life and and, and well, it's a, a little joke it's, form it's a coffee table book. Coffee table book, right. Not made into a coffee table, but it's a book that sits on a coffee table. So would you say you're the king of the dad style? I wouldn't take that from uh, from my friend there, my 
Scotty Slade is the true king of the dad style. I just wrote a book. You know, I just wrote a book about it. August 11th. August 11th. Barnes Noble is the official seller of the book. Uh, as we try to get things going and moving out and venturing out across the country, we're going to start moving out to other bookstores. But I'll be doing a signing at the Cranston Garden City Barnes and Nobles uh, August 11th when the book drops. So if you want to see me there, you can get me there. Sweet. Well, I want to thank Ray uh, for coming back and uh, mixing things up in the Batman department. True uh, Batman connoisseur. Unlike uh, uh, Jimmy Jamikowski, uh the uh, Riddler of the Batman connoisseurs. <laughs> I want to thank you all for joining us again this week. Like I said, if you go to my social media and follow me, I always appreciate it. If you could smash the subscribe button, give me a five-star review. I appreciate that as well. If you have any ideas for shows, I'd like to hear from you. You know, if anybody you know would like to be on the show, you can contact me on my social media as well. Ray, thanks for joining us. I hope you'll come back for another episode. I'll be here. Hopefully, I can come back on one of those times and maybe me and Jamie, uh, since I've been here, he's been dodging me about this whole Batman trivia contest. Uh, maybe he'll show up. <laughs> I, I, I look forward to that. Thank you all for joining us. That's going to wrap it up. Join us again next week for another episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse, everyone. See you.